Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Yvonne Alston. We are going to spend some time talking about her unique personal journey and her professional journey as an entrepreneur and the development of her consulting firm, Indelible Impressions Consulting, LLC. We have so much to talk about, so let's get right into this, Yvonne, and welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Summer. Absolutely. I want to start out by reading a bit of scripture you cited in your bio. So I'm going to start out now. I am keenly aware that as I have endured many seasons of hardship, I have been indelibly marked and bestowed a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 2 through 3. This is a beautiful piece of scripture. Can you tell the listeners why this verse resonates with you? And then let's move on into your personal journey. So from the very first time that I read it, it just hit my heart like a lightning bolt. I mean, first of all, because it's, it's so loving, um, but it, it, it also gave me so much hope that pretty much all I've endured, even from a young age up to that particular point, that my life's lot wasn't already cast um, and, and just doomed to be what it started off being. It, it just really gave me hope and inspiration. And so just ever since then, uh, every trial that I go through, I remind myself that I've endured you know, many seasons of hardship, but that I, I've been indelibly marked to, to go on to do, to do great things. And that, um, I have that promise to rely on. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And I love that piece of scripture. When I read it, it just stood out and it is so beautiful. And I'm sure it'll resonate with a lot of people. Your life has involved many unique experiences, such as parental divorce, foster homes, physical and sexual violence, can you briefly touch on these experiences and how you've healed from them and also how you may have also realized that you don't necessarily have to claim ownership over what has happened necessarily to you, but you also healed from that, so to speak. Right. Sure. So yeah, um, obviously parental divorce is, is tough no matter uh, when it happens in a child's life. Um, my uh, parents' divorce came at a very young age. Uh, my dad and, and mom were at war. Courts were involved. Unfortunately, my, one of my older brothers and I were put into foster homes. So being torn from your parents at such a young age, the Department of Family and Child Welfare was involved. Um, and, and we basically were taken from our home, um, thrust into a new environment with strangers. It was really startling, uh, mind-blowing, 
if you will, and just really emotionally challenging. Very confusing time for, for someone that young. But, and I didn't understand at that time, certainly, you know, why that was occurring. But it wasn't until a little bit later that I understood that it was basically because of the physical violence that was occurring in my home, which unfortunately at such a young age had literally become a norm. My mother had severe alcohol and substance abuse issues that caused her to be extremely physically violent towards me and and my older brother. Um, I would later learn in life that she came from that same environment. And so it was cyclical in nature for her. But um, having endured that and then and seeing physical violence then ensued between my mom and, and my stepdad as well, it was just uh, really impactful. Um, it was modeled at, at such a young age that it just, it changed my perspective on a lot of things, but I came to understand like that was the underpinning of the divorce uh, when I was older. And so it was like, okay, you know, I get that. I can understand why that occurred. Um, and so then going into an environment like a foster home where you don't know anyone, um, it was culturally very different. I think our first foster home uh, was with a white family and pretty much all the kids were white. And here were my brother and I, these uh, lighter skinned uh, black children. Um, and so we're treated very differently from the beginning. We're um, unfortunately with some racist ideas and attitudes that were kind of hurled at us. So that was additionally very confusing emotionally and very challenging. And so that, you know, again, had a very profound effect on my viewpoints growing up. Um, but going back to, to that modeling of, of physical violence, it, it wasn't surprising to me as I grew up and moved along through my adolescent years. You know, the first time that a boyfriend in high school kind of showed his love, if you will, and I put that in air quotes, um, uh, through possessiveness and, and even physical violence. Um, I remember the, the first time I was struck, it was shocking. Um, but it was almost, um, I would say my reaction was almost ingrained at that point, right? Having had the experiences that I did prior to, it was to take the hit, bounce back and try to find a way not to, to find myself getting hit again. Um, but at least I think at that point, I knew that that wasn't a life that I wanted for myself, that that was not love and that that was not acceptable um, for me. And so even though I didn't have the opportunity to kind of get out of that relationship as quick as I wanted to, um, and it did result in, in some physical damage, um, I, I remember having a, a fractured cheekbone. Um, at the hands of this individual. And um, I think that was a, a really big wake up call for me that if I didn't love and respect myself enough at that point that that might very well end up being how my life would go and that that could then cause another cycle. Right? So right. I wanted to have children of my own one day. And so stopping that cycle of, of violence um, had to start with me. 
and had to start with me saying that this is not acceptable um, and that this isn't love and, and to do what I needed to do to leave that situation and that relationship and to never allow it again. Um, so as traumatic as that was um, and that entire span of time of life, there were definitely some really valuable lessons and all the experiences I think in totality really strengthened me. Right. Those are significant situations to be in or to find yourself in. And my question then goes to, you've been marked, so to speak, early on in your childhood. And then that means there, there was trauma. And you may not have recognized it at the time you were in the trauma. You come out of the trauma and you get put into a foster home. And here we are layering trauma, so to speak, you know, layering confusing situations or things that lead to confusing situations. So here you're dealing with more subjects, more issues, and you get through it. And then you have this boyfriend and this is one of your, maybe your first experiences being with somebody who has actually physically hurt you. Now you've been through all this, how do you step outside of that? And what do you have innately or that you have you know, grasped onto to give you the strength and the courage to say, this is not what I want. I am going to change my journey because that's significant. Did you have any guidance, any mentorship, any support? Actually, you know, the only support that I really recall during that time was well, actually, I'll say two things. Uh, books, <laughs> which became really a great escape for me. I think that, you know, in order to escape environments and circumstances, uh, especially at a young age, I would find myself kind of lost in the pages of books. Um, back in those days, and I'm probably dating myself a bit, um, in my neighborhood, we had a bookmobile that came around. And so I was the first one to grab uh, a lot of fiction, anything that I saw kind of, you know, that spoke to a life that was very different from my own. And I would really just get lost in the pages. And ironically, I think that that gave me like a lot of hope. I think, you know, feeling like, okay, you know, maybe my life could be different on the other side. Once I become an adult, once I can choose for myself, um, you know, I, I can live something very different uh, from this. And then I would say probably around the age of 18, I recognized within myself that I was really uh, angry about everything that had occurred, but that at some point that I wanted to hopefully be a parent, um, I wanted to be a different parent, I wanted to have a different legacy. And so I started with therapy. And I sought that tenaciously, um, openly, honestly, and just kind of being willing to explore the pain and and what we now call trauma. I mean, back then, I don't think that that word was really uh, utilized or, or popularized the way it is today. But understanding that in order to kind of 
get beyond those circumstances and to pull things up by the roots that I would have to do that work and that it was going to be hard, um, that it was going to be brutally emotional um, and I was going to have to dig through some stuff that I would even have to own some stuff, but that on the other side of it, that I had a chance and an opportunity to live differently. And then hopefully once getting married and having my own child, that I would be able to provide a very different life and a very different experience for, for them. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight about how you transition through all of the change, through all of, as you said, the word trauma may have not been used then, but it certainly applies to what you experienced. And you made a shift in your life so that you did not see these cycles reoccurring. And so you could stop the cyclical patterns, so to speak, of how you grew up and what legacy you wanted to pass on and what you wanted to model for the world, for your family, for your child. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, you know, and that was the early work, right? And so then as I evolved as an adult, I became more aware of the impacts of, of faith, and for me, Christianity. And so in addition to the therapy, it became kind of the additional soul work that was needed. And so I found myself with the help of scripture to really kind of do some deeper digging um, and, and to expose myself to, to God in a, a very transparent way and to ask for, for that spiritual guidance and that spiritual help um, as well to, to really anchor me. Um, because if, if life hadn't taught me anything at that point was that, you know, it's really unpredictable and that you don't always get to choose your circumstances, right? So, so growing up in that environment, starting very young, um, I didn't get to choose the circumstances that I was born into. I didn't get to choose being thrust into foster home life or um, certain relational aspects um, that I didn't see coming. Um, and so I really kind of understood that, you know, the spiritual part was, was going to be key to the full evolution uh, that I was looking for, for myself. And then as you, as you indicated, you know, for, for a family and the legacy that would yield from me down the line. Right. Well, thank you for that. So let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about your professional journey, how you then got into Quinnipiac what was then college, now university, uh, worked two jobs, took an unpaid internship, how this helped support your professional development, all of this, because that has also a lot to do with your journey and how you changed your journey as well, so. Yeah, I think that, you know, that same tenacity, right, that I had to get beyond my circumstances and to have that hope for the future, um, I was really, I, I consider it a privilege to have been able to do decently scholastically during um, all of the, the challenges in my upbringing and then to apply to multiple colleges. Quinnipiac at that time had very low diversity rates and they were trying to increase them. Um, when I met with them in, in the registrar's office, it was this amazing woman uh, named Jenny and she said, basically, you know, I'm really intrigued by your story and why you've come here. 
And if you will commit to doing really well here, uh, we'll give you, you know, a full academic and, uh, but you've got to keep a 3.7 pretty much every. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Actually a 3.5. I graduated with a 3.7, uh, mm-hmm. but a 3.5 every semester to keep the, the money flowing. And I was like, heck, if you're going to give me a shot, I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, to achieve that. And so, um, you know, I worked really hard. Um, but at the time, I was also independent by that juncture. Um, I was living on my own. Um, I couldn't live on campus because that would mean I would need to find somewhere to live uh, during the summer. So I literally rented a, a basement apartment um, in these, this very kind couple's home. Um, and I just worked my butt off. I was working two uh, part-time jobs so that I could pay my rent um, and get food and have a car payment, car insurance, because I needed to get back and forth to campus um, to get to the jobs. And then, um, so, you know, just, I think that that tenacity for a better life just fueled me. And then I also understood uh, that part of Quinnipiac's requirements back then where you had to do an internship in your senior year um, in order to graduate. But for me, it was about positioning myself the best that I could to be uh, employable at the end and to garner, you know, a great wage and to have that independence so that I would never have to depend on family or, you know, at that point, to be honest with you, a man uh, to support me and that I could have that, that independence that I really sought and support myself to be able to kind of, um, you know, own my own experience, right? And and to have the future that I wanted. So I worked those two part-time jobs. I went to school full-time. I did unpaid internships actually starting my sophomore year. I started just kind of going out to various law firms um, and saying, hey, you know, I really want experience. And so uh, would you take a chance on me? Um, my major was legal studies in English and I had really good grades. And so I was able to intern at some of the top law firms uh, in the greater New Haven area, get great experience. So that by the time I graduated, um, not only uh, did I have a fantastic degree from a leading institution, but I had a breadth of experience that allowed me to ask for a top salary and, and to begin my career in the best position possible. Right. Oh, that was initiative. Yeah. You, <laughs> you had tenacity and initiative and you took it and you ran with it and you were given the opportunities because you asked for the opportunities and you looked for the opportunities. And I think that's really, that says a lot about your character, a lot about your innate ability to actually change your, your journey. And so I like what you said in the beginning. We don't have to define ourselves by this, the circumstances we were born into. Right. We just don't have to. And I think your story is one that really exemplifies that. So yeah. thank you for sharing all that. And I think that you speaking on internships is something so important because I think students and young people forget that internships can be of such value. 
and they don't necessarily have to be paid to be a value. And you don't feel necessarily as, as inexperienced when you do get out into the real world, you feel like you actually have something that you can show for the work that you've done along the way by having those internships, the experience you can now show, you have something for your resume. So all of that that you had done uh, really helps just kind of support your foundation and how you wanted to, to kind of look in your journey as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think it, it put me in the best position possible, right? To right. be able to go out to top law firms and to be able to say, you know, yes, I have this degree, but look of this, look at this breadth of experience. Um, furthermore, you know, I was uh, afforded the opportunities by some of those law firms to say, hey, you know, when you graduate, we want you to take a look at us um, in terms of your, your first full-time employment experience. And so you develop those relationships that are so critical um, on your career path and, and especially when you're just beginning your career um, that you want people to be able to call back and, and speak well of you and so those internship those unpaid internship experiences um, really help to to pave the way for me to walk into roles with not just the book knowledge right but the hands-on experience to mm -hmm. boot so i'm a, I'm a big proponent of that um, i have a daughter who's in high school now and it's really amazing to see that for the program that she's in they're even requiring uh, an internship as well um, mm -hmm. to do a, a couple of hours and volunteerism in the medical sciences field, which is what she's looking to go into and, and study on the collegiate level. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's so important to just have that experience uh, going into things. And so I'm glad to see that there's a greater gravitation towards that so that people get a chance to really see like, oh, wow, this is, this is a book knowledge I have, but this is how it actually gets applied. Right. Um, and I think even at a young age, right, when you even think about um, what my daughter's doing in high school, um, it helps to really focus them on, you know, I thought I really wanted to go into this, but now that I actually see what the job is, perhaps, mm -hmm. maybe this isn't really what I want. Maybe I want to shift or pivot ahead of that, ahead mm -hmm. of college and, and maybe major in something different, or there's a particular facet of this that I really like. And so that they can focus their major a little bit more on those areas. Right. Absolutely. But such great guidance there because as a business owner, I think that internships are so important. I had to do several internships going through school. Even in high school, we had a world uh, experience type of internship that we had to do through our history class. And so we had to go out and seek out different opportunities to really just explore the world and what was happening in the world and, and things that actually inspired us that we might be passionate about and really get into those so that we would have a better idea of what the profession, what our interests was really all about. Yeah. Because even when you get into to college, those first two years are really figuring out what it's all about. Right. You know, <laughs> right. you might declare, declare a, a major, but you may not know what really that major is all about or that how to apply that practical experience and that practical experience through those internships is so valuable. And also, even if you start earlier, like you said, in high school, many 
people, young people who go onto a campus, a college campus, they say, oh, I've experienced imposter syndrome. Well, we didn't call it imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> we called it nerves. We called it we didn't feel like we necessarily belonged. We didn't have a title for it, right? We called it fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. And so what those internships do, even as far back as high school, really help you feel more grounded when you step on that campus. It feels like you have a purpose to be there. You are, you are yeah. welcomed. You are there for a reason and you are going to make it. And so I think those internships are just of such value. So as a business owner, I actually go on to different university campuses and offer internships through my business because I think oh, it's really awesome. It's so important. It yeah. is so important. And, it, and it's so important for me to give that experience back to somebody who might be interested in what I'm doing and also know how to then apply it in, um, in practical ways. Yeah, so. I think that that's so important. So for me, you know, I look at that also through the lens of mentorship. Right. Absolutely. So even if it's not for your particular business, but there are ways in which you can take your life experience, right? Both personal and professional. And you can share that with someone, which is in my book, such a gift. Right. Oh, I always say that anytime someone shares their life with you, it's a gift. Don't squander it. And so um, I think helping people along the journey of life is for me um, an imperative. Um, I, I think that we owe it to one another to reach back and bring someone else forward. And so I do that, you know, even within the context of my church and, and so forth that I go into different forums and I mentor young women. Um, I help to encourage them for their ability to be strengthened by their experiences to actually use them as stepping stones to where they want to go in life, that they don't necessarily need to be a hindrance, um, but that every experience that you have is purposeful. And that if you choose to look at them that way and draw from them, you will find that they can help to lead you into your ultimate destiny to your goal to really, again, kind of going back to that scripture, you know, that's the crown of beauty, right? Instead of the ashes of experience that, um, that, that, that you have and that you can use for your good and for where you want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we get further into our conversation, you still were impacted by some hardships, even after college, you, in specific, you were involved in a very difficult divorce. How did this impact you and how did you come through that? Yeah, um, again, great faith, um, tenacity. Um, for me, my daughter was at the core of that for me. Um, I wanted her to have a better life. I wanted more for her and I knew that that meant wanting more for myself right? That the best version of me um, that was showing up to life every day would be the best version of a mother, the best version of a role model of a woman who had strength and character, who had a strong moral standing, 
um, and who was able to use her faith to walk away from a very difficult situation and to step into the next season of life um, that she was still somewhat unsure about, but still had the faith to to walk away from something else and enter um, almost an Abrahamic experience, if you will, um, into single motherhood and how that was going to impact a career and living dynamics and economic dynamics as well. Um, it definitely was not an easy time, but I think what was born out of that was my daughter at a very young age, ironically around the same age that I was when wow. my parents got divorced, um, but to try to do it in a, have that separation occur in, in a health, the healthiest way possible that I could control for her. Um, but then also um, doing the work myself simultaneously so that that best version of Yvonne could show up for her um, and to be modeled for her. And so I won't say that it was easy. Um, I won't say that I didn't make some mistakes along the way, but when I look back on hindsight on who she's become now as a 16 year old young lady, um, I'm really proud of my motherhood. I'm really proud of the decision that I made. And I can see the fruits that have been born out of that, not just in myself, but in her uh, as well. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That is awesome. I love that. And I just love through your story, the ups and downs and the courage and the success, the personal success and the strength and wisdom that you gained through spirituality, through your journey, through your own insight, through, you know, there's so many variables that you talked about here. And I think they're all important and we all have our own journey. So how we, yeah. we experience that journey can be so different. But I think when people listen to podcasts such as this, that it gives them some idea about where they can go or where they can draw from. So thank you right. for sharing sharing all of this because I think it's so valuable and we're coming towards the end of the conversation. However, I have two more questions. You did something very, you know, again, something that took courage, something that you developed and you developed your own business called Indelible Impressions Consulting. Tell us a bit about that. So uh, through the life journey and the career journey, um, I had acquired uh, 20 years of marketing and communications experience for really large companies uh, like NASDAQ and Solvent and Cromwell and the Hartford. And um, I, uh, I loved marketing and communications, but also off the side of my desk was also this incredible love for diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Um, coming up through the ranks of companies and in corporate America, being um, a, a black woman, albeit more fair skinned, um, uh, I, I had dealt with my share of, of discrimination and, and racism. Um, dealt with my fair share of even within my own cultural community of colorism. And so it's been really important to me over the years to, um, within 
the realm of, of that career to try to make some impacts and, and have those really critical and courageous conversations, right, about, right. about race and diversity and the impacts of it. Uh, for me as a woman, the intersectionality of race and socioeconomic conditions and gender and all of that. And so I had finally decided that I was going to, before the end of my life, that I was going to really take that passion and that purpose that I was doing as this off the side of my desk or through volunteerism and make it a focal point. And so wanting to fully function again in that purpose and that passion. And so I left corporate America um, and, and decided to develop my own business, which primarily focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, um, leveraging the marketing and the communications, which I still dabble in, but using um, all of those skill sets that I had acquired over that 20-year career journey yeah. to be able to help companies to really see themselves, mm -hmm. to acknowledge uh, some inadequacies and and some gaps, and then look at the opportunities that they have to create more diverse, equitable, inclusive cultures of belonging for their employees. And then the impact that's born out of that from uh, being able to grow uh, more, to uh, retain talent, top my minority or, or uh, more gender inclusive talent um, within their organizations. And so obviously uh, the name of the company, Indelible Impressions Consulting, was born um, actually out of uh, that scripture and that dynamic of having an indelible mark on the world. Um, and then obviously how important it is to make a strong impression, whether it's on your consumers or your employees, right? Mm -hmm. So right. bringing those two things together um, are really important that impression management as a whole, mm -hmm. um, inwardly and outwardly as an organization, um, and, and leaving that legacy as well, right. uh, leaving yeah. their own indelible mark. <laughs> Absolutely. And when I look at or hear you talking about this, not only have you brought your professional guidance and wisdom forward with that, but also your personal. So, you know, you are an example of the evolution that one can take to change their journey. And so, you know, thank you again. Now, my last question for you as we come to the end or conclusion of this interview if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? So I think as I've already highlighted, you know, you may not have a choice in what happens to you, but as we often hear, you do have a choice in how you respond to it. And so a very wise woman, um, when I was going through my divorce with my ex-husband had said, you can't choose all that has occurred. But what you can choose is whether you allow it to make you bitter or better. It's only one vowel is the difference between the two, but it will make a world of difference in terms of what your world will look like after this experience. And so I am a really firm believer in that. 
And so taking from all the experiences personally that I've been through and even professionally, I've made it my mission to allow them to make me better. Every experience, no matter how difficult or how great, one at a time. And so, yeah, that's what I would leave, leave listeners with. Uh, make the choice. Allow it to make you bitter or better, but you'll be better for it if you choose better. <laughs> right. So hashtag better, not bitter. <laughs> better, not bitter. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Let's make that trend. That's right. That's right. Hashtag better, not bitter. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Yvonne, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much, Summer. If you'd like to connect with Yvonne Alston, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or at indelible consulting.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.